0: Hello, everybody. This is JVB, and you're listening to a new episode of the Postgame Report. So, the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders tied. A lot of us are taking this as a loss, even some of the players. I truly feel I, I, gr- I agree with everybody who says this feels like a loss because the New York Giants were winning this game. In the first quarter, the New York Giants looked lost, but I wasn't panicking because the Washington Commanders weren't necessarily known as a powerhouse offense. They do get a lot of talent in their front seven on their defense. So I was wondering how the New York Giants were going to come back from being down 10-3. to three. The New York Giants were winning at halftime. Now, actually, I'm wrong. It was tied. It was a tied game at halftime, 10-10 apiece. And then the New York Giants took the lead. And they gave it up. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of discussion in Twitter spaces as to how this happened. Listen, the fact remains. Two backup players on the New York Giants defense gave up big plays that resulted in a touchdown. That's what it comes down to. You had a missed tackle. I believe it was Moreau. And he uh, it was McLaren, uh, McLaren that, that scored a touchdown. He broke a tackle, scored a touchdown. And then the second passing touchdown, I believe, was to the rookie wide receiver from Washington, and he beat a guy that, I, when I saw his number, I was like, who the hell is number 38? I believe, it's, I believe Gilbert is number 38. So when you, when you look at it in that perspective, it was, it, it was, let's just say, let's just say that Adore Jackson was playing this game and he was fully healthy. And let's say Moreau was the second cornerback. Now you have that responsibility where Dory Jackson is, is somewhat paying more attention to McLaren, who is one of the best receivers in the league. The kid is, is definitely one of those dominant receivers. You give McLaren a, a freaking top-notch, accurate quarterback, that kid could put up dangerous numbers. So, that, so, so to expect McLaren, I mean, uh, Moreau, excuse me, to to shut down this kid, I mean, that was a lot to ask for, but I do expect that Moreau would tackle uh, McLaren and, and prevent him from running 20 yards for a freaking touchdown. And it wasn't even a difficult tackle to make. You know, like, it wasn't like... He, he was five yards, he had five yards of separation and he dove at him and he just didn't have any type of support from his legs, any, any ability to drive and, and wrap the tackle. He had every <laughs> chance to do, to perform a form tackle and he couldn't. And it wasn't like the receiver had all the momentum going forward. That didn't happen either. He just simply broke the tackle and then sprinted for 20 yards. So when you think of the the two reasons, and, and let's not even forget that in, in the in the fourth quarter, to the credit of Heineke and that Washington Commanders offense, on fourth down, Heineke. Manages to scramble to his left, pass across his body, and hit a wide receiver that was wide open. So, does Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney nullify these two plays? Maybe all three of these plays that I just mentioned. The two passing touchdowns by Heineke and the fourth and 10 conversion maybe maybe a dory jackson or maybe mckinney are covering that receiver that caught the 10 yard pass or no i believe it was a 20 yard pass it, it, it was a clutch play by Heineke. and that's what they say I didn't give us Sunday because your opponent gets paid to play your opponent is also an an all-world a- uh world athlete who can play a game that millions of people cannot play, who has abilities that millions of people on this planet do not have. So the commanders get paid. The the commanders have talent. They're similar to the New York Giants in, in where they need some pieces in order to be a legitimate playoff contender. But you are not going to say that guys like Heineke, who passed for f- forty-one times. If you would have told me that Heineke was gonna pass, f- was gonna attempt forty-one passes, I would have told you that the New York Giants were going to win this game by thirty points. Because everyone wanted New York Giants to take away th- the running game and to force Heineke to pass. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. But the New York Giants offense, for some odd reason, took the foot out the damn pedal and just became stagnant. It was as if the Giants were leading by 30 and they decided, you know what, let's play ball control. Let's run out the clock. Let's try to get this game over and done with because we have a substantial lead. They had a lead and they were driving and Feliciano made this boneheaded freaking taunting, which the referees man, that, that 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 was a bullshit call. That was a bullshit call. But then again, you put yourself in that situation to give the referees the ability to make a bullshit call. The Feliciano didn't go up to anybody, he didn't run up to somebody's face and start yelling and flexing. No, he was flexing at his teammate. And it was just a, a ticky-tack penalty. It was unnecessary on both ends. Unnecessary for, for Feliciano to run up there, and unnecessary, unnecessarily. and I'm here stuttering my words, it was unnecessary for the refs to throw that flag. And this happens to the Giants all the time. It happens to the Giants all the time. The Cowboys with, with Holmes, Darney Holmes gets called for phantom holding penalty that negates a freaking stop by the New York Giants defense, and it allowed the Cowboys to continue their drive and score and, and, and just took away all the momentum. The Giants aren't a team capable of gaining the momentum after losing the momentum. The Giants had all the momentum during the Cowboys game. The Giants had all the momentum in this commander's matchup. And they, instead of the referees, they handed all the momentum back to, wa- to Washington and allowed them to go down the field over 90 yards down the field in crunch time to tie the fucking game. I was afraid that that they were going to go for two and that they would get two. Like, that's how much... That's how little confidence I had in the New York Giants towards the end of the game in regulation. In my opinion, Rivera could have said, you know what, let's just fucking go for two and end this game. And I strongly believe that the New York Giants would have given up the two-point conversion Try to come back for a field goal at the end, and just fuck it up. Why? Because the New York Giants fucked up from middle of the third quarter onwards. There were calls that were baffling from the offense. They were constantly going three and out, even though the defense was giving them freaking. They were giving them turnovers. We were requesting that the defense deliver turnovers. Not only turnovers, but they were putting a lot of pressure on Heideke. They were getting sacks. And the Giants could not deliver on offense when they needed to. When they needed to just get that one more score, all it took was a field goal. And the Giants could have won this fucking game. So... Let me stick with the positives. I'm going to go with the defense. Having Aziz Ojolari, you see why I was, sup- not just me, uh, most Giants fans were super excited to see what Ojolari was going to do in his second year, especially having Thibodeau on the other side. Wow. Aziz Ozilary was showcasing the talent that... He looks even better than he did last season, obviously. He's in his second season, but he played less games this season. And it was like he never even freaking left. So, knock on wood, we can have Thibodeau and Aziz healthy for the rest of the year. And we can see what these two kids can do together because we didn't expect Dexter Lawrence to become the dominant force in the inside. And we knew that he was a great run defender, but we didn't know that he was going to be the, the leading sack, uh, have the lead in sacks for the New York Giants with six, I believe. And then Leonard Williams, hopefully he comes back. He, he, he missed the game yesterday. He had to leave with a neck injury. If you have those four rushing the passer, this defense is going to look nice. Now, I will get into the Eagles, which might just, <laughs> would, just might have to put that excitement on hold when it comes to the impact that Thibodeau and Ojolari will have together. But let me stick to the positives. So yeah, Ogilari was impactful right away. He caused some fumbles, recovered a fumble. Thibodeau was once again getting close, disrupting plays, and then at, at in overtime he had a sack. A lot of people were actually criticizing him for not forcing a fumble. Ah man, you gotta love, you gotta love New York fans, man. <laughs> you gotta love, especially on Twitter. The things I was hearing <laughs> the things I was hearing about Thibodeau and his sack, I was like, guys, um, you're here on Twitter pretending to know what the fuck you're talking about. Why don't you just enjoy the fact that our promising rookie pass rusher came through in overtime and and got a sack? Why are you criticizing him because he didn't, quote-unquote, force a fumble? Now, I looked at the play. Somebody posted it on Twitter where you see a better view of Thibodeau uh, sacking Heineke, and Thibodeau with his left hand tries. He, he does a punch. So in my head, because I can't think for Thibodeau, it looks like Thibodeau expected the ball to be around the waist, and he swiped. He did a punch. You could see his hand closed. And then people say, oh, he should have done, you know, the tomahawk. Well, if you look at the sack once again, number one, Thibodeau got there like at the speed of light. Number two, his job is to sack the quarterback, secure the freaking tackle. So he's doing priorities one and two. And then you can see that his right arm Hits Heineke's shoulder, as if he was going to attempt some kind of tomahawk chop, but he got there too too quickly, or Heineke's arm was just positioned in a way where uh, he couldn't fully reach around him. Because Heineke, I want uh, in the play, you can see where Heineke's getting ready to pass, but Thibodeau hits his shoulder. So he just missed the arm, the right arm of Heineke with the ball. He had it in a position where he was getting ready to pass. But it happened so quickly, and Thibodeau did his job. The offensive tackle took the inside man and then tried to scrape out to meet Thibodeau. But Thibodeau was too damn fast and got there in a blink of an eye. He made a big play. He made a huge freaking play in overtime, and all people can think is, "Man, why didn't he do a tomahawk chop? He should have done this next time." He needs to do. And I, I was, <laughs> I'm hearing this, and I'm reading it on Twitter. I was in some Twitter spaces. People were talking about that. I looked on, you know, the Giants community Twitter groups and stuff like that. People were talking about that, and I'm like, guys, shut up. You guys are not NFL caliber players. If you were, you wouldn't be sitting on Twitter talking about another player. So chill out. This is not freaking John Madden. This is not your backyard. You are not a freaking NFL player. Shut up. And look, New York fans are the hardest in the world. Whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the You know, the Mets, Mets fans get on their players as well. Ranger fans, you know, those are I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a Yankees fan, Giants fan, Knicks fan, Rangers fan. We get on our teams like nobody else. That's how we are. New York is a place where you cannot please people easily. So it doesn't surprise me when Thibodeau gets a big time sack or Ojalari gets a big time sack. I even heard somebody saying that Ojolari was responsible for Heineke making this miraculous fourth down play because he broke contain. ojalari put pressure. He gave up the, the outside and contain, but who the hell expected Heineke to complete that fucking pass? That was, give credit to Heineke for making that play. Plain and simple. It was fourth down, and Heineke said, you know what? I'm putting you guys on my shoulders, and I'm going to deliver. And that's what he did. And credit to the wide receiver for getting open and making the catch. Unlike Darius Slayton, who had the ball on, on in both hands, brought the ball down, but the impact from falling down made the ball bounce off him. And he couldn't complete a long reception people were blaming daniel jones once again i saw a video of somebody uh, that somebody had posted you see a, a defensive tackle in daniel jones face and he couldn't really step into that pass the other thing is people were questioning why, uh, why you know why the giants were passing deep I've been in so many freaking Twitter spaces and so many Twitter conversations where people are complaining that the Giants don't take chances. And when they finally do, people are (laughs) pissed off that the Giants took too many chances. It's like, just shut up. Enjoy what we're seeing. We're seeing a team that is playing way beyond... The X's and O's, they are playing way beyond their talents. They are sitting at a winning record. They can possibly make the playoffs. Me, I don't see them making the playoffs. But they have made this season fun to watch, man. It it has been too many freaking years since the New York Giants have had meaningful football in December it has been way too long about 11 years or so that's a long that's over a decade since the new york giants have been able new york giants fans have been able to talk about winning football in december now we tied with the commanders and in my book it felt like a loss but it wasn't a loss it was a tie so the giants are 7 and 4 with one tie so 7 4 and 1 There's still an opportunity to make the playoffs, but there's a tough opponent (laughs) waiting for us on Sunday. So back to the positives on defense. Ojalari and Thibodeau, those two kids were playing. They were playing aggressively. They were playing fast, angry. I mean, it, it, it was great to watch. Dexter Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence, he had an off game against the Cowboys. Dexter Lawrence was smacking Heineke around. I mean, the dude was like, and give credit to Heineke—he was taking some big hits. He was taking some big hits. The secondary—I give him, you know, I give him a lot of credit for for the effort. You know, you had Clifton, who I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> I was like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he on the field? So, yeah, for what it was worth, I mean, you know, Clifton or Clifford, I don't even remember his freaking name. He made some decent plays. So give him credit for for a kid who hasn't played all season, comes off the practice squad, he comes on, and he's playing one of the best receivers in the game. And he made some nice plays. Flott made, you know, a nice tackle on the screen to prevent a big play. Uh, Moreau was, you know, he was okay. Julian Love, the positive coming from the secondary, Julian Love was all over the freaking field. That kid was playing tough, hitting. He was, he, he got, he almost got a nice interception. He was all over the place. Julian Love, you know, he was a cornerback. Coming out of Notre Dame, he makes the transition to safety, and he's playing really, really good football. So we can get uh, McKinney back, and then we have, you know, Dalton developing into a nice player. And then you have Love, you know, and and we have Adoree Jackson back. You know, you combine that with two, with with, uh, Ozilary, And Thibodeau playing the way he's playing lately. And then, of course, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Leonard Williams in the middle. You could have, you know, our weaknesses are the linebackers. But, man, the New York Giants on defense, if they can get everybody back and the Giants manage to win some games because it's been three games since the Giants have gotten a win... This team can actually make the playoffs at the right time. And re- if you remember 2007, the Giants got healthy at the right time. They got hot at the right time. And they had a freaking 9-7 and record or something like that. And they won the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying the Giants are capable of winning a Super Bowl. Because after all, on defense, the New York Giants had Hall of Famer Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, J.P.P., Ossie Uminori, I mean, (laughs) there were some top-notch defensive players for the New York Giants defense in 2007. So we are far from that in 2022. But you never know, right? You look at what the Bengals did last season. You know, their defense played pretty good in the playoffs, unexpectedly too. But I'm being very pessimistic because on offense, the Giants, you know, Barkley had a decent average running the ball. They didn't do enough of it. Credit to those two defensive tackles for the commanders, Payne and Allen. They're freaking two dominant defensive tackles. I mean, they take up so much space. They allow those fast linebackers. I mean, you had David Mayo playing. (laughs) He used to play for the Giants and the Panthers, and we couldn't wait to get rid of him. You had, you didn't hear anything from about David negatively about David Mayo being beat by any of our running backs in the passing game or anything like that, right? So that's that's a credit, right? And plus, Washington was putting putting a lot of defensive backs on the field, but the Giants couldn't really do anything. And and this boils down to the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. And I stated this in in the last episode. The weakness for the New York Giants, obviously, if you're a knowledgeable New York Giants fan, you know that it it is the interior of the offensive line. The strength of the commanders is the interior of their defensive line. (laughs) And those guys were letting everybody know that 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 they are number one draft picks for a reason. Feliciano... According to, you know, pro football focus, he had a decent game. But the the guards were getting pushed back. And remember, Allen and and Payne can do this to any lineman. So, you know, you have Nick Gates coming back from a near career-ending injury. And then Glakowski, he's not a good pass rusher. I mean, pass protector. And even in the running game, they were they were making stops. They were stopping Barkley three, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. So Daniel Jones was passing really nicely in, in, in the first half. And then once the Giants took the lead in the third quarter, they stopped. Like, it, it was weird. It was uncalled for, in my opinion. And something that... It just didn't feel right. You know, the Giants weren't not... They were not dominating. And I know I say, hey, stick to your strengths. But right now, the running game is not a strength. I hate to say it. Barkley's not looking like the same running back he did. And early in the season, obviously. And then we've had so many people come in and out at, at, at left guard. So... Eventually, that is going to take effect to the point where the passing game now has to open up opportunities for the running game when before it was the running game needs to open up opportunities for the passing game. Now you're going to have to put more uh, responsibility on Daniel Jones and that offensive line because Neal, he looked pretty good coming back from his injury. So, you have two bookends where you really don't have to worry. Not so much Neil, he's still a rookie. But when you compare it to the interior, you're pretty good, especially with Andrew, Andrew Jones and Neil, right? You have more confidence on, on the two tackles than you do with anyone in the interior. And that is the quickest way to the quarterback, that is the quickest way to stop a running game. So that is a a bad weakness to have for the New York Giants offense. Yes, we don't have a lot of receivers. We have Darius Slayton, who in the beginning of the season was buried in the depth chart. He is our only legitimate threat to go deep. And to his credit, he has made some plays. And then, you know, unfortunately, he had to remind us that you can't count on him all the time. Now, people were blaming Jones for that pass, but once again, it's in Darius Slayton's hands. Both hands are on that football. He makes the catch. He made the catch, brought it to his body, and he couldn't hold on. Now, listen, I know I make that sound easy, but when you're that high in the air, and you don't have the support from your hands to, to break that fall, of course it's going to be a, you know, the opportunity for that ball to bounce back. You have a surface that is not going to move, and your body is going to bounce up from the impact. And that's what happened. The ball bounced off his hands, and, and he couldn't complete it. You know, But he did catch it. In midair, he had the damn ball in his body. He had it in his hands and then put it against his stomach. He couldn't finish the play. That is something people are missing. But any other positives on offense? Well, Neil, Evan Neil, looked good. So did Andrew Thomas. Barkley had moments. Um, Hodgins, you know, free agent pickup. Uh, He's only been with the team maybe, what, four weeks? (laughs) Um, He was making some big-time plays, caught a a touchdown as well. Um, And and when I say big-time, he was showing some toughness. He was, you know, he made a nice catch and run where he was short of the, the first down and he fought his way to a first down. So the kid is showing some grit. He's showing that he has somewhat dependable hands. Maybe, uh, maybe he's not that good of a route runner, because there is a reason why he got caught. So, and this is what Daniel Jones has to work with. <laughs> it was good to see Bellinger back. Uh, that was a scary injury where he, you know they had to re- you know work on his eye and, and hope that he can see again. So it was nice to see him back. He didn't have a big impact. But the kid just came back from a from a near career-ending injury. Well, it was a pretty scary injury. But there's not much to be positive about when it comes to the offense, because that, you know, I, I I stated how they looked lost in the first quarter. They woke up in the second quarter. And then they made a big stop. Defense made a big stop when Washington got the ball back in the beginning to start the third quarter. The Giants score a touchdown. And then they just went to sleep. They went into like a power save mode. (laughs) And just at the bare minimum, like it was almost as if they said, we have this game. We don't have to fear this Washington team making a comeback. And they did. It, it was it was tough to see. But one thing I learned, I'm fifty years old. One thing I learned there's more important things to be stressed out about than football. Believe me. You know. So it, it didn't really get to me. You know, ever since my brain injury, I don't really let I used to get pissed off watching football. And, you know, There was a lot to be pissed off about in the last few years. And I used to scream. I used to go for walks because I was so freaking pissed off. I used to want to beat people up because I was so freaking angry. But once I got injured and, you know, my wife had breast cancer. Thank God she's in remission. I realized, okay, there's more important things to worry about than football. I have the privilege of watching my favorite team play football. I'm going to enjoy these fucking games. If they lose and they disappoint, so be it. There's next week. And they get paid millions of freaking dollars, and I don't. So <laughs> let them be pissed off because they're the ones who, the, who, who didn't perform. They're the ones who lost the game or won the game, depending on, on you know, what game I'm watching. So let them have all the emotions let me enjoy a win when they do win, and let me let me be disappointed when they lose. But I'm not gonna go on Twitter. Like last night I went on a Twitter space and there was one guy who sounded like he was crying. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is crazy. What the hell's going on? <laughs> and then the things people say like on Twitter is like, Really? This affects you that much? I can't sleep I'm ready for a win it's crazy because I I posted that we're so used to losing as as a as a New York as New York Giants fans we're so accustomed to losing that we can't enjoy a winning season. Thus far, the New York Giants have had a wis- a winning season. And that is remarkable when you think of what we had last year and what we had going into this year. A rookie coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie GM, uncertainty at quarterback, uncertainty at running back because we didn't know if Barkley was going to remain healthy this season. We thought that we had the wide receiver unit on lock. We thought that for the next... Three years, we're going to have Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Joe uh, Galladay, Gall- yeah, uh, Robinson, right? Those are the five guys. And then Darius Slayton was the afterthought, the guy that was supposed to be cut. Fast forward and now, Darius Slayton is the wide receiver number one. <laughs> so let that sink in, folks. We don't have Kadarius Tony. Sterling Shepard's injured. Galladay has been a huge disappointment. Robinson is injured for the year as well. So that is four of the top receivers that we expect that we're going to provide some type of Legitimate aerial assaults, and that the quarterback was the weakness, and the quarterback wasn't going to be able to utilize these receivers. Blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, here's Daniel Jones working with with free agents at wide receiver, practice squad players at, at wide receiver, at tight end, inconsistent interior offensive lineman play at the guards getting guys at left guard. Once again, is something he had to deal with last season. And I think the season before where there was injured players at left guard and Andrew Thomas had to adjust to brand new players playing next to him. So this is not the first time Daniel Jones has had to deal with inconsistent depth or, or any solid player at that left guard position. But it might be too late for Daniel Jones if the the offense can't and the coordinators, they can't let the kid just run, not run loose, but pass freely. If they're afraid when they have a freaking lead to, to just let him continue to, and I understand, you want to play safe football, you want to run the ball, you want to run the clock out, give the defense some rest, because they were on the field a lot. There were too many damn three and outs. Uh, and eventually, the giant the Giants' defense was going to wear out. That's just plain and simple. When you have practice squad players starting at cornerback, mistakes are bound to happen. And you saw that you had a missed tackle for that went for a touchdown, and then there was this ninety-yard freaking drive, <laughs> and Heineke made some big plays. Why? Because the secondary cover for the entirety of the game. And that's just, you know, the law of average. Eventually, those practice squad guys are going to get exposed. And that's the type of thing that happens to any NFL team going through the same type of injuries as the New York Giants. But there is some promise. Now, off to the game against the Eagles. I really don't see any way this New York Giants team can win. Based on the way they play. I like to base everything on what I've seen thus far. And I have to include the coaching here. Because if the coaching cannot have that killer instinct to where they are ahead by freaking seven points. And they refuse to open up the, the playbook. And just keep the defense on their heels. Like they didn't do against the commanders then what are they going to do against the Eagles? The Eagles got a lot of talent all throughout that defense. They have even more talent on their offense. Their offensive line is great. So that pass rush I was talking about earlier with Thibodeau and Ogilari, that could be totally nullified coming <laughs> going against the Eagles because not only do they have talent on the offensive line, they also have a complex running scheme. And Hurts can run it. Uh, They got good running backs. And so that running game is going to come at the New York Giants in many different ways. And that will also slow down the pass rush because you just can't go all out in rushing Hurts because he can take it and run it for big-time yards. So the only thing I can see is that with the way Wink comes up with different blitz schemes. I can see where the pressure hurts to pass the ball quicker. But unfortunately for the Giants, they have a pretty decent tight end. They have a freaking all-pro wide receiver in Brown. And they have an up-and-coming young receiver in Smith. And their running backs can also catch. So uh, this game is not going to be easy for this New York Giants team because on defense the freaking <sighs> the Eagles got a lot of depth on that secondary and they also have a lot of depth in the uh, on the their defensive line and they have another strength in that interior line and that strength is a bigger positive than what the New York Giants present on offense in their interior. So we're going to have the same situation all over again. Granted, Payne and Allen are better players right now than Fletcher Cox and whoever else, Davis or freaking Linville Joseph. I mean, man, they are stacked in their fr- – I think they have – uh, Sue as well. I mean, it's the Eagles have so many freaking players, man. And then in the secondary, you have a familiar face and, and Bradbury, and then you have, you know, their, I believe their free safety got injured, a ruptured kidney or something, you know, but the Giants don't have threats that is going to make that secondary nervous. So this could be a situation where the Eagles make a commitment once again to stop the run, which is what everybody's been doing against the Giants. You stop the run, and you force Daniel Jones to beat you with that wide-receiving core. <laughs> That's not, they're not going to make anyone lose sleep. And if the Eagles manage to get ahead – because they can score in explode uh, with explosive plays. Oh man, I really, you know, if if there's one team that pisses me off when when the Giants lose to them is the Eagles, and of course the Cowboys. It's like tied. Those two teams annoy me. Their, their fan base annoy the crap out of me. So. Man, I I don't feel good about this Eagles game. I really don't. They are a really good team. The Eagles are. They have so much talent, and that talent is playing at a high level. So it's not like this team has talent, but they're not coached well or they're not playing hard. The Eagles are playing hard, and they're coached well. That is a dangerous duo. Now, Anything can happen. Anything can happen. You got to play the game. You got to play the game in order to win the game. So there's a fighting chance for the New York Giants. But it's that consistency that they haven't been able to keep the last five weeks. They've been playing really weird. The coaching has been really weird. The play calling has been really freaking weird. And, uh, you know... Granted, is Kafka is also having to work with the same wide receivers Daniel Jones has to work with, the same interior lineman Daniel Jones has to work with. All of those factors apply to Kafka. And so maybe they know their limitations. But after a while, you just got to be, you know, and and look, they tried, what, Daniel Jones tried passing, he did three deep passes. That's more than we've seen in, in quite a while. So it's not like they haven't tried. They're going to have to continue to pass the ball a lot more. And, you know, it might not be by choice. The Eagles are going to force the New York Giants offense to pass the ball. And I, I would love to see Saquon Barkley have one of those games that he's had against the Eagles where he's ran wild against the Eagles, but Barkley hasn't been the same player in the last three weeks. So that might not even be something that I could look forward to. (laughs) I mean, Barkley used to kill the Eagles his first two years. So I don't know. I mean, that was a while ago, different players, different time. So it's going to be a very tough game to watch, but I'm going to watch it. I'm a New York Giants fan through and through. I'm going to, I'm going to cheer for my team. If they win, I'll be, I'll be, uh, you know, happier than a pig in poop. If they lose, I'll be disappointed, just like everybody else. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. So. Yeah, let's see how the Giants perform on Sunday against a very, very tough team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I predict the New York Giants to lose this game. I just hope that it's not an embarrassing game. I would like to hold my head up and say, okay, the Eagles beat us, but the New York Giants made some noise, hurt a few people, not maliciously, but really laid the wood on some people and uh, made the Eagles you know, earn that win. That's, that's what I'm looking for. If I'm going to eat crow, then please, so be it. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. You guys take care. I'll talk to you later. Bye.